Welcome to the Product Podcast, brought to you by Product School, the podcast where you get fresh insight from leaders at top tech companies and startups. Remember, you can learn product management in person at our 15 campuses worldwide or study with us online. Visit productschool.com to learn more about our courses. You can also hang out with the leaders from these podcasts at our hundreds of annual events and catch us at ProductCon, the world's largest PM conference that takes place every year across the United States and in London. All right, and we have a little surprise for this uh, five-star chat because instead of just me throwing questions at you, I think that we were collecting some of these questions at the lobby, at your booth. And yeah. uh, we were actually using your own product letting people just figure out how to put some sticky notes. And then we selected some of those, and those are the ones that we are going to use for this interview. So before you start with my questions, Andre, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Andre. I'm the founder of Mira. So I'm happy to be here in front of all of you. I consider myself as a product manager uh, in heart. So I love to build things. I like to craft. So um, and. I really try to be very close to, to the product team in the company because I truly believe that to build a product-led company, you need to be a product type of CEO. So that's shortly about myself. And yeah, happy to answer your questions and everyone's questions here. Cool. So your product speaks for itself. Uh, I'm just going to try to zoom in in some of those sticky notes and go, go for it. So how did you come up with the, the name of your company? What's yeah, the story behind it? That, 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 that's a great question. So the story of the company started uh, eight years back. Um, I was running a design agency, and we were working with a lot of clients who were remote. We thought about something that can help us communicate easier with the clients and discuss ideas and brainstorm with them and so on. And yeah, so that's how Mira appeared. And at that time, it was just an idea of a whiteboard, to take a whiteboard and put it in a browser, which sounds pretty simple, I think. but. Uh, no one before did it in, in an appropriate way. And we thought that this is a great opportunity. And then we saw that there is a good traction with the product. People love it and want to use it more and more. And we started to evolve it around major use cases. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the name is also an interesting thing because back in the day, our name was Real Time Board. And I met a lot of people here who know us uh, since those times and know us as a Real Time Board. But um, yeah, a year ago, I think a year and a half ago, we did a rebrand. Um, yeah, it was early 2019, so uh, almost a year, sorry. So we did a rebrand. And why we did a rebrand? Because we are a Canvas-based tool. And um, we thought that when people work with a Canvas, they have to express themselves. And real-time board was kind of a boring name, which limits your, um, limits your uh, kind of creativity and so on. But we thought that we can be more aspirational uh, brand. And we, we decided to, to change the name and uh, got to a Mira name, which is a famous Spanish artist, so which um, really can inspire everyone. And you are not doing just your work with Mira now. You will create something. You are an artist. So that's, that was the story, uh, why, why we decided to change the name. This question like pops up every time I speak with people. Well, that, that's, I mean, as a Spaniard, I feel very um, Happy to hear that it's, that it's not just another, you know, a lot of startups are named after Pokemon names and uh, or they are after like a, a whatever Fi or whatever Lee. So this one has actually a, a meaning behind it, which is, which is great. So at the end of the day, you guys are building this huge SaaS product. So how do you see the, the future of not just your product, but in general, the, the future of building SaaS products? 
Yeah, it's a great question. So I think that we're all challenged, uh, ch we're all challenged um, in, in the process of building SaaS products uh, in a way that um, every company operates in their own way. And when we build an enterprise product or a SaaS product, you need to support somehow those processes that every company runs. And as I said, like every company is doing business in their own way. So you need to think uh, how your product can be scalable, how your product can be adjustable, how your product can be like a good fit for almost any company in, in your segment or in, in, on your market. So I think this is a big challenge. Also, there are a lot of products pop up around every small use case or around um, every job that, that we think um, can, can be a kind of uh, thing to solve. So, and, there are, um, and there is a definitely a competition arising, especially now when um, you can build a product without almost engineering. So there are low-code products, no-code products, and we should be very thoughtful about the value we provide and the vision we have, because otherwise our product will be just very small on the marketplace. I, mean, I guess you're optimizing for obviously so many different user personas, but product people is, is one of those, right? Yeah, for in our case, product people are very important. So it's one of the major personas we build our product around because these people are in, in the heart of collaboration inside the company. These people move companies forward. And these people uh, do kind of all different jobs. So mm -hmm. that, that, there was a, a deck today uh, that, and the uh, speaker was talking about uh, that, what I should do, what I should do at work. So uh, like when, when I started to be a product manager, what's, what's my role is? And this is uh, really a challenge. So we try to help product managers to structure their thinking and to make their work visible. So this is um, how we think about product management persona. Cool. So obviously, you guys are at a post-market fit stage now, and it's mostly about scaling up. Yes. So how do you scale up, not, not just the product, but specifically the ops behind it? Oh, yeah. So um, we are in a scale-up stage now. Uh, we, we, we have more than 3.5 million users across the globe and a lot of enterprise customers. So we're in a stage where we are trying to grab um, the market and win the market. So you need to scale the whole company. And uh, my learning was to bring in very, very experienced uh, and smart and strategic operators. But try to find those who, I mean operators, those who can run the company with me. Uh, but try to find those who are not bringing the previous playbooks to, uh, to your company, but try to bring the, like, try to find those who can figure out what will be the best way to scale this company who can figure out with you and with the DNA of your company how to scale it, right? So this is the way. So I'm trying to find the right people who, who did it before, but also who think about what's the appropriate way to, to scale the business together. So let's say you are obviously trying to um, get as many product people to use your product. We're literally growing fast, taking over the market. What is the actual product strategy behind that? How do you prioritize and, and conquer? Yeah, it's a great question. It's hard. So the prioritization is a hard thing. So, and uh, we, we have multiple personas. We work on all different uh, levels. So, but we try to think about our core audience as a team. So the team of product manager, developer, product marketer, designer. Um, um, this is a team. 
that we try to build a product around. And this team is a small startup team or it's a team inside big enterprise. It's pretty the same team. They have the same goals. They have uh, pretty the same challenges. Of course, things are, some things are different. So we, we, we try to build a product around those teams to make them successful. And when we think about our strategy, we, uh, we have a mission. So our mission is to empower teams to create the next big things. And then we think about the customer, the user, the persona in this team, and the team itself. And we try to connect the mission that we are going toward and this kind of persona or uh, the team dynamics that we want to support to like enable them to, to create the next big things. So this is kind of very generic thing, but um, if you keep your mission in mind every time, and if you kind of think about the user needs, the user problems, then uh, it, it, it com it's coming up, like the, the, right, the right solution's coming up. Cool, so who, I mean, from entrepreneur to entrepreneur, product CEO to product CEO, we're always thinking about what's next, right? We're always going around trying to figure out Okay, what is that next big thing that is going to move the needle, that is going to 10x this company? What do you think uh, that next thing is for you right now? That's a great question. So we think about our company as not a product company. We want to build an ecosystem. So we recently launched our better version of a platform. And we also build an ecosystem around our product. So we, we work closely with the change makers. We, we, find out those who create new ways of doing things. So consultants and designers, and we work closely with them, trying to build an ecosystem of those who can uh, move the needle, who change the world. So we, we, we try to make a, uh, not just a product, but uh, the, the kind of the movement of change makers, uh, because yeah, of course, it, it's, it's pretty obvious that a lot of product managers and a lot of UX designers are behind those big changes that happen in the world. Mm -hmm. And that's what uh, we're trying to do next is to s make a step from just a product to this yeah. ecosystem company. Yes, just to grab things up, I have a, a personal question because for me, it was really hard as a product person by heart, like, like you said, as my company grew, you still feel the need to go in there and, and ask for that next feature and talk to engineers directly, even though you probably yeah. have a product team, right? So personally, how did you separate yourself from that day-to-day -day execution? How did you empower and enable your product team to make those decisions while you can, of course, influence that strategy, but at a higher level? Oh, yeah, that's a super challenging question. So, <laughs> of course, uh, you, you sometimes get into the point where you uh, think this is... Uh, the thing you want to build. But on the other hand, you're absolutely right. You need to empower, enable people in your team to make their own decisions, to see where to take the company together with you. So I'm trying to kind of uh, look at things that are happening. So I, I'm participating in a like roadmap review and, and all of those things. And I'm trying to ask questions. So, and I'm trying to ask questions that um, kind of get us back maybe in some cases to, what, uh, to the core metrics we're trying to get. So uh, to our North Star metric, to, to the mission that we are going toward. And of course, I'm, I'm trying to also uh, contribute and generate hypothesis, but I'm not thinking in a way that, hey, let's go and build this thing or this thing. I, I'm thinking in a way, I have a hypothesis and I contribute my hypothesis to a kind of backlog of, and then the team take it as a kind of my input and then there is a customer or a user who asks for something, then there is an idea within the team. So these are all hypotheses and inputs 
and then the product manager uh, have to go and validate what's the right thing. So you're saying the, that CEO's idea doesn't is, get a higher priority. No, I mean, my, my idea, <laughs> uh, of course, there is like a different kind of perceptions and every people, uh, every, every person perceive it differently. But my, my way of thinking is like, I'm contributing. And I'm absolutely fine if someone on a product team will come and say, hey, we tested this hypothesis, uh, hypothesis and we tested this hypothesis and we tested this hypothesis and it seems like this is something that sticks with the customer and this doesn't make sense. And I will be super happy to, to hear that because I'm thinking about my ideas as a regular person idea. So just like uh, I, I have a way to contribute in a like direct, direct way. So I have, uh, because the customers, we have a lot of users, they send a lot of requests. I, I, I have a kind of stronger connection with the team, uh, but still, I, I'm looking at this as, a, as a, uh, just a hypothesis. Cool, well, I think those are all my questions to you. Any, any final remarks? No, I'm, I'm happy to be here and uh, 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 yeah, thanks all for coming. And, and yeah, we as a distributed team, uh, like really, really kind of rely on, on, our, on, our, on our product in building, in building our product. So we, we call it drink our own champagne inside the company. And uh, this is a good test. I uh, hope you guys found some bugs uh, during this session so <laughs> right. that we can fix. Yeah, so that, that, that's it. And yeah, thanks for having me here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Product Podcast. If you like this episode, don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. For more product insights, head over to productschool.com. <laughs>